there, everybody, Vikings fans, what's going on? It is Locked On Vikings. We're talking about Ryan Grigson, maybe Ed Donatel. The defensive coordinator search is getting spicy, and I'm talking to Travis Rogers of Locked On Rams, who helps give me a little bit of insight on Kevin O'Connell. So, hope you enjoy the show. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to Radio Row here at the Super Bowl. Locked On Vikings, Locked On Podcast Network, all set up here. I'm doing a whole bunch of cool interviews over at Locked On NFL and stuff, so go check all that out. I am your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. Today's episode is brought to you by Get Upside. Just download the free Get Upside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. Today on the show, we are talking about staffing. This is going to be kind of the whole week here, which is very interesting because there's probably somebody around everywhere that can talk to me about staffers. Um, so I'll see what I can track down with, with Grigson or Donatello or whatever. Um, but with Kevin O'Connell, Locked On Rams host Travis Rogers is here. Um, I'm pulling from a few Rams resources that are around to try to get you a little bit more information on all of that. So I talked to Travis Rogers. That'll be later in the show. But first, I think the biggest thing I got to talk about is a an ad the Vikings made to their front office. It's really interesting in Ryan Grigson. Uh, interesting, he said in a very like he's a character kind of tone because Ryan Grigson does not have a very good reputation. And that ad kind of got me... But that, that raised an eyebrow. Um, so if you're unfamiliar, here's what I know Ryan Grigson for, is being the GM of the Colts pre-Chris Ballard in the Andrew Luck era. Those Andrew Luck era Colts teams were famously poorly comprised. Um, Andrew Luck dragged those teams kicking and screaming to the playoffs. This is at least my understanding of it. So Colts fans or anybody, correct me if I'm wrong here, but the rosters surrounding Andrew Luck were pretty piss poor. And I always kind of blamed Ryan Grigson for that. On top of that, Grigson graded on everybody. And a lot of people say that his style and his intensity, I guess would be the word, is the reason that Andrew Luck retired earlier in his career than usual. He retired after, what, six, seven years? Um, And Grigson being maybe the catalyst for that obviously gives you pause. Again, the Vikings are looking for collaborators. They're looking for all these kumbaya spirit guides, and Grigson is not known as that guy at all. He has a reputation closer to that of, say, a Jim Harbaugh, who we obviously would have loved, but the thing standing in the way was exactly this kind of uh, reputation. I actually had somebody message me about this, and they said, hey, if they're going to give somebody this sort of role and bring in an experienced guy, blah, 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 why'd they bother getting rid of Rick Spielman? And I think the answer to that is that Rick Spielman had, I think, torched some relationships in the building, and I think there was just, it just wasn't going to work with that specific person anymore. Um, but I guess here is what I would guess is the impetus. Here's the logic, right? As best I can present it, is we want an experienced guy. We're going to bring him in. Kwesi Adolfo Mensa worked with Ryan Grigson. Grigson very quietly has been working with him in Cleveland um, as just like a senior pro person or a senior personnel executive, like a super nebulous job title, just sort of an advisor, brain in the room type. 
And it seems like he just has that same job here. And he just followed Quasi to, to Minnesota. So it's a little bit of, I'm hiring my friend. And Quasi and Grigson are friends. So that's, I guess, what, what Quasi is doing. A little, little bit of cronyism for me. Um, if you wanted to bring in an experienced guy, because, you know, Quasi is um, not a, he's not an experienced GM or anything, and he's young and all that, like, go for it. And you're bringing in, well, Ryan Grigson is, what, 50? He's not that uh, old, actually. He just reads really old because he was too much of a gruff football guy and got a bunch of uh, Colts players to, like, lose their love for the game. Um, so since that, there was actually this great piece by Mary Kay Cabot of Cleveland.com um, that was, like, a, a feature on Ryan Grigson and how he has changed. And after things flamed out in Indianapolis, he really did some soul-searching, it sounds like. And he really went, my goodness, I was an asshole. <laughs> Like, he really was, he, it seemed like he really realized that about himself, and he tried to reinvent the way he approaches the game. But the other problem is that, as GM, Ryan Grigson made a lot of really bad decisions. So personality-wise, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say, okay, maybe he's changed. But he also is the guy, and he says this is like his greatest regret, he traded a first-rounder for Trent Richardson after we had seen a year of Trent Richardson. That is a rough uh, miss there, buddy. So there is, I, I'm, I'm uh, concerned. <laughs> There's a, a level of concern with those decisions and just really, really bad drafts all up and down. Um, and what that does, what that tells me is not necessarily Ryan Grigson's eye for talent. By all means, it sounds like he's got a fine eye for talent. And of course, he rose to that occasion. Um, he, that's how he got a GM job in the first place, was being a good eye for talent. But he is like, to me, one of the guys I think of when you hear, man, don't just hire the best scout to be your GM. It's a different job because Grigson was not set up to do that. So as a personnel executive, what influence is he going to have on uh, on Quasi Adolfo Mensa and on the roster? Is he going to be a brain in the room saying a bunch of wrong opinions about draft picks? Um, or what like philosophy does he bring? And I can't answer that because I'm not in the rooms. I wasn't in those Colts rooms or those Browns rooms or I think he was, what, with the Eagles before for a bit? Um, that I wasn't in any of those rooms. So... I don't know really what to make of that. And honestly, we probably never will. There isn't really a, uh, a way to look at this, at the structure of like a front office and say, well, this guy was responsible for this and this guy was responsible for that and blah, blah, blah. And we struggled with this when we were looking at GMs, right? We had to kind of cross-reference and see what changed when this guy got there and what, like, what, what does he push? What does he say is important in interviews and stuff like that? So... I don't really know what to make of it. Um, I am certainly concerned because he has a bad reputation, but the other thing is people are more than their reputation. So it's much like, you know, everything I kind of disagree with from this particular news cycle. I'll give it a chance. You got to give it a chance, right? You got to give it at least a fair shake. So we'll do that. Um, the other thing is there's been a little bit of movement on the DC front and a little bit of a surprise twist with Ed Donatel. So we are going to talk about that. And of course, then later we'll talk to Travis Rogers and uh, keep kind of getting to know Kevin O'Connell because we don't, it's hard to get information about him. And Travis Rogers has been part of the flagship radio for the Rams. And now he does Locked on Rams, which he also did before. So he um, is very, very familiar, very plugged in over there. So I'm excited to uh, have talked to him. First things first, though, let me talk to you about my new favorite app. 
That is get upside. Driving is a disaster. I have had to answer, I live in LA, and I'm here in LA at Super Week, and I have had to answer for their gas prices to everybody. <laughs> um, and that's fair enough, I guess. But if you want to save a little bit of money on gas, whether you live in a, in a city where it's expensive or you live out in the boonies where it's not, you can still save some money. Just get the Get Upside app. It is a free app on Google Play App Store. Enter promo code TOUCHDOWN. You can get 25 cents or more per gallon uh, cash back on your first fill up. It'll tell you what gas stations are participating. Go to one of those, fill up, get your receipt, take a picture of it if it asks, and upload it to the app. That's it. You just start getting cash back. That stuff will pile up. Some people make like 300 bucks a year if they just save it up. And then uh, you can just deposit it whenever, however you want. You can get uh, direct deposit or like PayPal, or you can do Google Google Play or like an Amazon card or whatever. So easy, easy stuff. Go get the GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN for 25 cents or more cash back. One more time, that is promo code TOUCHDOWN with the GetUpside app. Hey, thank you so much for making Lockdown Vikings your first listen of the day. Again, we are here at Super Week here at the Super Bowl Radio Row. You can probably hear loud sports radio shows happening behind me. Um, and you can probably see if you're on if you're on YouTube, you can see people milling around. It's kind of the end of the day. It's a little empty. Um, but I'm really excited to bring you all this stuff. I did a couple of really cool interviews that won't be on this show. They'll be on the national show and kind of peppered out throughout the Lockdown Podcast Network. I talked to a sports psychologist that worked with the Seahawks for a long time. Yesterday, I talked to a doctor who uh, is um, promoting a new cartilage repair procedure. Um, it is. It, I've had a lot of really interesting and cool conversations here. So go, go check those out if you can find them. Um, let's talk about the D.C., and a little bit about Vic Fangio and Ed Donatel. So um, yesterday, it was reported, and I and I relayed it to you, that there, we were down to three D.C. candidates. Um, Sean Desai, Anthony Weaver out of Baltimore. He was a Houston guy for a long time, though, like a Bill O'Brien, Bill Belichick guy. And um, Aubrey Pleasant from Detroit. And those were the three guys. All of those guys are pretty experienced, so it's clear that they're trying to pair Kevin O'Connell with an experienced defensive mind, and they were really in on Ed Donatel, but Ed Donatel had gone to the Seahawks, and it seemed like that was all but a done deal. Surprise, surprise, Wednesday morning, um, Ed Donatel is in, is, is like now deep in talks to become the defensive coordinator of the Minnesota Vikings, and uh, they are like close like a, something happened something changed where Donatel decided he was going to be a Viking and it seems like we are pretty far down that track um and look none of these things can be fully announced until Kevin O'Connell signs but the other interesting thing that's happening here is as Kevin O'Connell gets ready for the Super Bowl the Vikings on his behalf are still going around and getting staffers and especially getting the staffers that he that you would find most important right yesterday um or tuesday they signed uh curtis modkins to be the run game guy and running backs coach because kevin o'connell's a pass game guy so they got that squared away they're getting the defense squared away he's an offensive coach um and they're they're pairing him with with more experienced guys and this is going to be kevin o'connell's list part of what makes those head coaching interviews so unfathomably long is this conversation is who do you want to hire and that definitely eases the burden of hiring a coach that's in the Super Bowl while we're in this weird limbo where he's our guy, but we can't announce it. Um, you can bring in a staff on his behalf because he has told you, I really like Ed Donatel. Bring him in if you can. You know, I really like Curtis Modkins. Bring him in if you can. Um, and the the Vikings can go take that instruction and, and go execute it. So Ed Donatel as defensive coordinator, what do we, do we like this or not? Um, 
And, and I guess it depends on if you like the Vic Fangio defense. Now, here's what I think about the Vic Fangio defense. I think it is a perfect fit for a defense in the NFC North because you have Matt LaFleur. That's a wide zone guy. The Lions have Jared Goff. I would be stunned if they didn't start doing bootleg outside zone stuff. And I'm pretty sure they did some of it, although there was a lot of shot play weirdness to their run game and stuff. Um, but just to like be that, if, if they didn't become more of a zone team than they were. Um, and I think in, I, I don't know what the Bears are, are doing off the top of my head, but in the NFC particularly and, uh, and the NFC North, it is very important to be good against the wide zone. How do you be good against the wide zone? The Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, whatever. And um, what I think the answer is, is flattened out fronts. Um, and this is what you saw. This is, go all the way back to the last time the Rams were in the Super Bowl. The Patriots and the Patriots held them to three points. The way they did that was by flattening out the front. And what I mean by that is putting a lot of people right up on the line of scrimmage, really like a flat line, right? Six one instead of a three four, you know, three uh, three down linemen and four linebackers. How about six down linemen? Run against that, <laughs> and then like one off ball linebacker scraping across lanes and kind of playing like a safety would, but against the run. That is a lot of Vic Fangio stuff. And look, Vic Fangio might feel a little bit radioactive as a name right now because he's just coming off of um, getting fired from the, from the Broncos. And Ed Donatel was the defensive coordinator for him. So he's, it's like the George Edwards for uh, Vic Fangio. That said, Donatel has, has called plays and stuff, and he's very experienced. 65. He's been around the block a lot. So again, this is an experienced guy running that Fangio scheme. Fangio loves to flatten out those fronts. And he runs a 3-4 with more odd fronts, more two-gapping. So the real difference between a 3-4 and a 4-3 that actually matters right now um, is not necessarily the way you would experience it in, like, Madden, where, you know, a 3-4 outside linebacker is a different position than a 4-3 defensive end, and you have to make sure you have the right personnel and transitioning and all this stuff. Not necessarily. There is one skill that I think is actually a distinction, and the rest of it is really similar players getting different labels. Um, and that one trait is what technique the run defense is playing. When it comes to coverage, it's all very, very, very samey. But when it comes to run defense, are you one-gapping? Are you two-gapping? Are you stunting? Um, and this is a hotly debated point amongst coaches, and there's a lot of different opinions out there, but the difference basically is a one-gapping scheme, that is Zimmer, um, is 4-3 classic, you know, up against the run, I've got this gap, I'm going to shoot it, I'm going to penetrate it, I'm going to hold the gap, I'm going to be right where I'm supposed to be, and roughly that's the plan. Two-gap is you are kind of... it's less attacking a gap and more attacking a person. You're attacking alignment. So I'm up against the center and I'll be, you know, lined up head up on the guy. And my job is to get the gap on the left or the right of him by moving him around and essentially controlling that player so that the running back can't come up my way. I'll go make the tackle. And stunting the front is this hybrid of the things where you're playing one gap, um, but it's quote unquote gap and a half. So somebody will, you'll play one gap. And if everybody plays one gap, that means you'll have one unaccounted for gap if it's the same number of people. And um, one player will play, say, you know, a gap A and or like an A gap. And then if it comes through the B gap, they will actually flash across the, play, the, the lineman's face and be in that B gap. They'll be at a disadvantage if it is that B gap and they won't exactly have it as well. So it, they call it gap and a half, um, but they will be the ones responsible for that. So instead of just a fully uncovered gap, you have a, a kind of at least you've got something over there. So Vic Fangio, two gaps. 
that is um, something that he's done for a long time. Um, that's He had Akeem Hicks two-gap in Chicago when he had the great defenses there, that 2018 team that took Mitchell Trubisky to the Super Bowl or to the, to the NFC North Championship. Um, that is the Vic Fangio thing, and Ed Donatel is a disciple of Vic Fangio, right? Underneath Vic Fangio. I don't know what Vic Fangio is going to do this year himself. Um, of course, would love him as a DC. I think everybody would, but Donatel is kind of like cut from the same cloth, I guess. Gruff old football guy, and um, if they hire him, I'll get more into the details of that, but that's really the difference. And the other thing Fangio likes is sim pressures and creepers, and all that means is a, a different way to disguise who is coming and who isn't. So, you know, you'll have somebody kind of creep up to the line of scrimmage at the last minute. That's a creeper. Somebody kind of like, he's an off-ball linebacker, and then at the last minute, boom, I'm on the line and I'm blitzing. Um, Or simulated pressures is I'm looking like I'm going to blitz, but then I back off into coverage. Zimmer was a huge fan of this as well. Zimmer's style was more to feign, you know, on third down, you'd have seven guys on the line of scrimmage. Who's coming? who Who isn't? And Fangio's style is more to have guys kind of creep up, back off, have use a little bit more motion to make it, uh, to confuse the quarterback. I think two sides of a similar coin. Um, so that's the the Ed Donatel defense. As I understand it, if he's the guy, that's what you, you're probably running. Personnel-wise, I think the pieces of the Vikings defense that are bolted down are all pretty scheme agnostic. Daniel Hunter fits in everything. Eric Hendricks fits in everything. Um, you know, Tomlinson and Pierce, everybody has a use for, like, big guys up front, right? So I don't think um, there is much of, like, we're in a sort of a hinge moment where there, so much of the defense needs to be rebuilt anyways that you can kind of pick what scheme you want to pick. So I would be into Donatel. I would really like that. Um, I want to talk about Kevin O'Connell as well a little bit more with Travis Rogers. So um, we're going to get to that. I'm going to sit him down here in a second. Um, But first... Let me talk to you about a good old Gramble. It is Grambling Week. If you want to go to the Locked On NFL podcast, you can actually hear me talk to Dave Mason of BetOnline.net. Um, but BetOnline is your one-stop shop for all things Grambling. You can bet on all sorts of fun Super Bowl prop bets. You can bet on the color of the Gatorade and how long will the anthem be and all sorts of fun stuff. You can bet on, of course, you know Cooper Cup, how many yards, how many passing touchdowns for Joe Burrow, all that good stuff, as well as basketball and tennis and the Olympics and everything else. It is a great, great time to be a Gramblin and do that at BetOnline. Enter promo code LOCKEDON when you sign up, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you can get a 50% welcome bonus. That means 50% of your original deposit gets matched and plopped right into your account as extra Gramblin money, free play money. So head on over to BetOnline.net, enter promo code LOCKEDON to get your 50% welcome bonus and get yourself a Gramblin with BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, everybody. Luke Braun here, Locked On Vikings. I'm here with Travis Rogers, uh, new and old host of yeah. Locked On Rams. So welcome back to the network, I guess. <laughs> Round two. Yeah. Uh, the first time on, on Locked On Vikings. I'm sure we'll see each other seasons sure. and seasons beyond. Um, so obviously the Vikings hired a McVay guy. Mm-hmm. You've seen a couple of assistants come back, come through the Rams organization, become head coaches elsewhere. So I, my question for you is what is the deal with McVay guys? Why is McVay in particular and not Shanahan and not, you know, these other like famous offensive people, these well, uh, groomed coaches, why not Belichick? What, what is w- uh, with it? What is it about the McVay tree that makes these coaches so desirable? Well, I think as much as we talk about Sean McVay's offensive mind, as much as we talk about his energy and the fact that he created a winning culture in the Rams out of thin air, really, I think his greatest skill as a head coach is identifying really talented people. 
I, I, I think that, you know, as a manager, you know, you think about him as a, as a football coach, which he is, but he's also a manager of a bunch yeah. of like smaller divisions of his larger company. And what he's been able to do is pick the right people for the job. From the moment he got here, the very first hire he made was with Wade Phillips, right? Who is about as entrenched in the culture in the NFL as anybody. He grew up in it. Sure. Um, and it, it, I think it really spoke to Sean McVay's ability to feel good about himself. Like, I think a lot of young coaches, Sean McVay was, you know, 30 years old when they hired him. Having a veteran like Wade Phillips look over your shoulder could be intimidating. He didn't look at it like that. He looked at it as an incredible resource yeah. to help build the team and make it better. Wade Phillips uh, leaves. He brings in a new crop of guys. And we've seen them all, whether it's in, in Green Bay with Matt LaFleur, whether it's Zach Taylor, like we're talking about with the, the Bengals, whether it's, uh, you know, Shane Waldron going over to Shane Seattle. Waldron. Yeah. All of these guys go on and do really well. And I think that it's two things. One, it means those guys are pretty good coaches. But number two, Sean McVay sees something in these guys early on because you look at Brandon Stanley, the coach of the Chargers right now, he went from kind of nowhere to the Rams DC to a head coach like that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where the gift of Sean McVay is, aside from drawing up an offense or calling plays, is identifying and, and hiring really talented people and empowering them. Yeah, we talked about that a lot when we were doing when we were covering the head coach search on Lockdown Vikings. Mm -hmm. Was you know it's not just coordinator plus. You know, Sean McVay is his offensive prowess is an asset to the Rams, and that's part of the job for him. But it's also managing, and part of managing is hiring. Mm -hmm. So I guess what I'm getting is it's not necessarily that he has some Midas touch that no you know anybody's grandson can pop into the Rams, sniff Sean McVay for two <laughs> seconds, and become a great head. It's that he's he, the the very act of being hired by Sean McVay is like an endorsement that is perhaps sure, meaningful. Sure, that I think he sees maybe what whatever makes him a good coach, maybe he sees it in other people. Um, you know, a lot of the guys that have come through the, the McVeigh camp or the McVeigh mm -hmm. tree or however you want to say <laughs> Offense boot camp, right. wide they, zone boot camp. They, they have a lot of Sean McVeigh's characteristics. They're, they're, they're kind of cut from a similar cloth. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe it's just that ability to identify, okay, I know that what I do works and you kind of get me, therefore I get you. Um, if, you know, the, for the Vikings in your case, hiring somebody from that McVeigh tree is really interesting because, you know, the Bill Walsh tree, the Bill Belichick tree, all these things. Right, right. The, the Parcells, Parcells is what we just had. Right? Those were kind of a mixed bag. Some of it was pretty good. Some yeah. of it, you know, really wasn't. And it took decades for these trees to grow. He just showed up and had a forest five minutes after he got here. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's, it's pretty impressive. It, it just takes the league by storm. But speaking of that tree and speaking of Wade Phillips, one of the rumored uh, offensive coordinator names uh, is Wes Phillips, mm. who's tight ends coach for you guys right mm. now. Do you have any insight on what we would be looking at there or why he might be getting to look for a bigger job? So Wes Phillips was the one that brokered the deal between his dad and Sean McVay, that they knew each other in Washington. Okay. And so that's how they got together. So, yeah, I mean, look, if you're hiring a Phillips, it's a pretty good uh, lineage, right? That, <laughs> I that, guess, that yeah. goes back all the way to the old man bum, or the granddad, I guess, in that yeah. case. Um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, really successful people like to surround themselves with other really successful people. And I, I think it's, you know, the, the experience of it all is good. And I, I like Young. You know, when they hired Sean McVay, I remember talking with uh, the, the two guys that I was doing Rams pre and post with at the time, Eric Davis and Kirk Morrison, who'd been in the league a long time. And I, I called them and said, hey, what, what do you know about this guy? And it was everybody in the league says he's got it the only question is whether or not he's ready for it yet it's just mm -hmm. that and and i think that we've seen the league get younger and younger and younger yeah, yeah, yeah. and i think it's I, I think it's a very good trend 
Yeah, it should be really exciting. Um, I'm excited to like watch the staff fill out and be able to mm-hmm. kind of say, okay, what are they doing here? What is it schematically and stuff like that? I might call on you again sometime. Absolutely. But I know that we're, I mean, we're here in LA at the Super Bowl because of your Rams. Yeah. So check out Locked On Rams for sure um, and listen to, to Travis break it all down because this is a bit of a big week for these boys, huh? It, it is a big week. It's a big <laughs> week. Uh, you know, we've been. This is what we were supposed to do, right? They went all in to make yeah. this deal, and it wasn't to, hey, let's make the playoffs. Hey, let's it's, get a little further. It was, it's this a Lombardi. is what you're here to do, and you got one more game to knock it out. Yeah. Thanks so much, Travis. You got it. Thanks again to Travis, and thank you all so much for hanging out here on the Locked On Vikings podcast. We are gonna, I'm going to try to get you as much insight as I possibly can from Rams people, um, whoever I can track down. So uh, I'm excited to, to bring that all to you. Um, I got a couple days left here on Radio Row as well. So I'm excited to bring you all of that. I will see you all tomorrow. And as always, Skull.